Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hello, Crossbridge in Peru and the online campus. It is our privilege to be here. I was here about a month ago and uh, when Dr. Scott Sherwood was preaching and had a chance to introduce myself. My wife was here that night, but I didn't introduce her. And then I thought tonight would be even better. So uh, this is my wife, Kim. And she and I are both uh, ordained in the Church of the Nazarene. And we, for 20 years now, have been working together. She's my worship pastor, which that works out really well. Uh, one other really special thing is that today is our 39th wedding anniversary. And so uh, I gave her flowers earlier, but I wanted to give her a little flower here. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me do that. Uh, so, uh, really excited to be here. Uh, I've, I've been a lead pastor all of my ministry, 35 years, the last 15 years in Pekin. I have great friends in uh, Crossbridge and Peru uh, that I really loved. Uh, Kevin Donahoe is one of my best friends. Um, he's probably watching. Hello, Kevin. We all miss you uh, for sure. Uh, but Brian Wangler, Sherry, um, uh, Deb, Mark, Natalie, all those people on the search committee uh, over the years, uh, Phil and Brian and Kevin and Harold and Galen and Isaac and Greg and Kaylin, all, the, all those folks uh, are, are our friends. So I really enjoyed my connection with uh, with Crossbridge and, and Peru. Uh, these are important days uh, for your church, and we are praying. We are seeking God's wisdom uh, about who will be leading us here in uh, the months to come uh, to find our next lead pastor. Uh, so uh, I, I feel you. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I just left the church I'd been pastoring 15 years. I'm trying to find them a pastor too. So it's a, uh, it's a big, important time uh, as we have these beloved places where God has helped us. So I've been thinking a lot about beginnings and endings, starting and stopping and moving through a journey. Uh, we, we like to, to ask questions, don't we? Like, what is next? What does this mean for us? What does this mean uh, for me? And where is God in all of this? You know, the amazing words of Revelation chapter 21, verses 5 through 7 is kind of the core of the message tonight. It's been speaking so boldly and loudly to me. Scripture ever do that to you? You read it, and it's like it's pounding you uh, with, with truth, truth about where you are, hearing the voice of God. So uh, here's, here's that scripture from the New Living Translation. And the one sitting on the throne said, we all know who that is, right? <laughs> the one sitting on the throne said, Lord, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he said also, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life, and all who are victorious will inherit these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. You know, the the book of Revelation has some of the best words about uh, beginnings and endings. Uh, There's a quote from T.S. Eliot where he said, uh, what we call the beginning is often the end, and to make an end is to make a beginning. The end is many times where we start from. The end is where we start from sometimes, he said. Uh, You know, the end of the Bible is the beginning of our future. Um, reminding us, you know, we all wish we knew a little more about the future, right? We were sitting in a meeting the other day and we would love to know the future uh, about making decisions. You know, we, uh, we come to this book of Revelation and we think about all the days that we have ahead and we want God to give us wisdom, to give us guidance. Uh, what will this mean for our church? What will this mean for our lives? What will this mean for me? So the book of Revelation is the word of God that speaks his, a combination of anxiety and hope that we have and he speaks to us about our future. You know, the book of Revelation is a part of Scripture that deals with the future. Now, if you've spent much time reading the book of Revelation, you might get a little confused and even disappointed. It would be so nice if it was like the newspaper, right? You could just open it and all the dates and the times would come together. But you get a little confused because the author is talking about angels and dragons and eating books and fantastic beasts and golden cities. The language kind of confuses us a little bit. And we're disappointed because we don't find exactly what we're looking for. There's no dates. There's no specific times, and we wonder, is, how are we going to know? What are our prospects in, in this whole experience? So what has happened? Here in the book of Revelation, the Holy Scripture, we wonder, can it really meet our needs? Can it really speak to us in the time that we're living in, especially after pandemic and all this happening there? Maybe for the book of Revelation, we need to have some hard concentration on what exactly is being said. Oh, I've, I grew up around uh, people that love to make prophetic dates and charts. You ever been around the charts uh, for Revelation? Many times that presents to us something that Revelation was never intended to be. We are reminded through Revelation that God gives us truth about the future even if we don't know exactly what the future is. Boy, that's helpful, isn't it? Truth about the future that's helping us. So he comes to us and he speaks to us, uh, reminding us, um, you, you know, sometimes, have you noticed that sometimes in the Bible, Jesus did this especially, where somebody would ask a question and he'd give an answer that had nothing to do with the question that they asked? You ever notice that? Sometimes that's the way he is with us. We're asking certain questions, but he has other message. He has other influence that he wants to have on us. So the book of Revelation is really about the future. But what it says is not about something that we can put a date on, but it's about the meaning of the future. 
And what does God have to say? So it's like an inside look into the realities that, that we deal with. And it's talking about the right now. So the text that I read for you kind of gives us a summary. Uh, God is seated on the throne, and there is God, and he speaks, and he says, Look, behold, I am making all things new. Then he adds, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Ooh, so exciting. Make all things new. Make everything new. Boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? A new car, uh, maybe a new home, certainly some new clothes. I mean, I mean, as long as he's saying everything new, let's just make a list, right? Maybe some new neighbors. <laughs> maybe, 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 some, uh, maybe some world peace that we, that we could hold on to. But wait a minute. God does not say here, I will make all things new. Or that I could make all things new, or I might make all things new. You know, it's really a very present tense. Uh, the version that I read for you said, I am making all things new. Actually, the am is not really there. Basically, it just says, I make all things new. I make all things new. It's a, it's a present tense word, that something that he is already doing. In, in, but it makes you wonder, right? Isn't your, stu your stuff wearing out? You might have a, a little knee that you're having to work on or shoulder. Uh, he says, I make all things new. What's he talking about? Well, the Bible talks about newness. Uh, there's a scripture in Isaiah uh, 43. It says, remember not the former things. He, he's reminding us. He's saying, uh, for, forget all about those things. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals, the owls, too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland. And my chosen people will be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. It, it made me think about uh, St. Paul as he's writing in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ have, has become a new person. Can you say new person? new person? He's talking about us. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God and brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to ourselves. So when, when God is speaking in Revelation and he says, look, I am making everything new, he, he can hardly mean anything else other than what he said in these other places. He's meeting men and women where we are in the realities of our circumstances, meeting with us personally, forgiving our sin, filling us with eternal life. The new is that which God brings to humanity now. The new is now. You know, in, in one sense, it's really not new at all. He's still talking about the newness that he, he brings. We heard him say, uh, let there be light, and there was light. 
The same thing when the Spirit of God came upon King Saul and he gave him a new heart for Samuel. 10, 9. The same thing that the crowd experienced when Jesus proclaimed uh, the teachings from God and they said, what is this? A new thing or Nicodemus? When Jesus spoke to him and said, you must be born anew. See, on one hand, he's talking to us about eternal life. On the other hand, he's talking to us about the now what we are experiencing. And he desires us to exalt him and to lift him up, that all things would be made new in us. That's what he desires. Is that there would be a newness that would happen to you that would then be expressed out in the community around us, that they would know about the transformation. I make all things new is then supported by this phrase. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You know, alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and omega is the last letter. You know, if it, if it was translated today, it would say, from A to Z. That's what he is. A to Z. Uh, for his will, for his purpose, for his truth, including in you. A to Z. It's all about God's time. He hasn't reserved just a, a few weekends a year to try to get our attention. God is at work in us every day, all day. Amen? He is working in us uh, any day, every month. The whole of time is, and so he says, from beginning to end. Now, when you think about that, it's not just like this beginning point. The, the idea of alpha is like source, this source moment. So everything that is going on, all wrapped up in him. Beginnings and endings. Destination. Would, would you say that your life has a destination toward the purposes of God in your life? You know, I got to thinking about A over there, Alpha and Omega way over there. And then I realized there's a bunch of other letters in the alphabet. Do you know that? You know, I, I noticed that I not only need him in the A and the Z, I need him in the D, right? I told him, I, I said the other, the other day, I was talking to Kim and I said, I need him in the K and she was a little insulted. Her name is Kim there, you know. <laughs> but don't you just have K days? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's not the beginning, it's not the end. It's not the destination. It's just right smack in the middle of M. <laughs> and what do you do with that? that that's, that's what he's talking about. That God is with us all the way. The whole alphabet. Whatever you are experiencing, whatever you're walking through, he is present with us. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end and all in between. You know, everything proceeds from God. God is the beginning, and God is the end. He is, he is present with us in all of our circumstances, walking with us, encouraging us, helping us. He is the source. He is the destination. It takes, you know, it takes great courage to believe that God is always with you, right? Right? Because it's, 
It's easy maybe to see that he was in the beginning somewhere. And everybody kind of expects him to be there at the end. But he's with us all in between. It takes courage to believe that, to know that he is my source as well as my destination. Every day is a new day because God's in every step of the way. He is with us to transform us and he is able to do it. You know, that's one of the things I think that people forget sometimes is that God is able to change us, to transform us, to heal us, to work in us. I grew up in um, South Carolina, you might can tell. Um, so I, we grew up about, um, about an hour and a half from Myrtle Beach. I love Myrtle Beach, uh, great seafood there. Um, you know, the restaurants right down on the water, uh, kind of on an inlet area, an intercoastal waterway leads right out to the ocean. So uh, we weren't married yet, and her parents uh, would love to drive down. We wouldn't go for the whole weekend. We'd just go for dinner. And so we would, we would drive down, and we'd go for dinner. And so uh, we're there, my in-laws, me and Kim, Good, fresh seafood. Uh, we're all looking at the menu. And as we're sitting there, I noticed that there was this family that was sitting kind of in the same section, all really loud, like from New York. I mean, they had this accent. There was no doubt that they were, that they were, from, they were from New York. And so I, I'm, I'm watching, and everybody else is just looking at the menus, but I'm watching. And this waiter comes over and begins to talk to Mama. You know, she was mama, man. She was, she was managing the whole thing. She's the loudest one. And she says, young man, I have a question for you. I would like to order something tonight that was in the ocean this morning. And it would be perfectly cooked and on my plate tonight. Could you make that happen, young man? I was watching for his reaction. He seems intimidated by her. Uh, he says, I'll be right back. And he's gone. He comes back with this little chalkboard, this little black chalkboard, and it has daily specials. Now, he, I was listening, and she said, okay, just to be clear, in the ocean this morning, on my plate tonight. So she picks out one. I didn't know which one she picked, uh, but she says as he walked away, don't let me down, son. So we order, and I'm kind of finicky, so I knew I wasn't ordering what she ordered. I'm not going to have that. But you're eating hush puppies. I don't know if you're from South, South Carolina. We eat hush puppies. And so they're really good. So here he comes. You know, him and this other person, they come along. They got their plates and oh, I'm anxious. I want to see what happened. And so he has this huge platter that he lays down in front of her, and it's this massive grouper. Laid open, beautiful white uh, fish laying over the edge of the plate. She said, okay, in the ocean this morning? Yes, ma'am. On my plate tonight? Yes, ma'am. So she, she, uh, I'm waiting to see what she's going to do. She, she looks at this beautiful piece of fish, and to my shock, she reaches over and picks up this little shaker that's on the table that has little white granules in it. She takes that shaker and shakes it all over this beautiful piece of grouper. I could not believe it. 
It stunned me so much. You know what I was thinking? This piece of fish had spent its whole life in grimy salt water. And she could not eat that thing without putting a bunch of salt on it before she bit into it. (laughs) Do you realize that God has the ability to allow that fish to spend its whole life in salt water and its inside doesn't taste salty at all. See, God has the ability to meet you where you are. Sometimes we think, okay, D and K and L and all those things, they're just messing me up. But see, God has the ability that no matter what kind of salt water you're swimming in, no matter what your circumstances look like, no matter what is happening in your life, He can keep your heart clean. He can keep your spirit right with Him. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one that can, that we recognize what God is capable of. He is able to work so powerfully in your life and in my life that wherever we are, whatever is happening on your journey, he can keep us clean and pure and right before him. God meets us right where we are. See, what does that do for you? I think it moves us toward praise and celebration. You know, I don't, I don't have to wait till I get to the end result that I, that I hoped was going to happen and then say, thank God for that. Well, I'm ready, I'm ready to sing, uh, sing praises to him. No, no, no. I'm going to praise him at B and C and D and M and Q. Ooh, Q. But I'm going to praise him. In the midst of that. See, the, the book of Psalms is sort of like that. You know, Psalms means praises. But have you read Psalms lately? <laughs> Man, Psalms is full of lament and crying and anger and frustration. You know, he, you're, he'll go through the whole Psalm and talk about all these things that have come against him. And then he'll say, Okay, let's praise him. But when you get to the end of Psalms, like the last five, oh my, it's just a a celebration. Uh, Exalting. Revelation's just that way. You know, these these words that we read in Revelation, you know, they end up in celebration in chapter 21 and chapter 22. And they're throwing, I mean, they're throwing crowns and they're celebrating. I wonder if they do that at Crossbridge or Peru. I I wasn't sure. (laughs) But they're celebrating. Revelation is just like that, recognizing that wherever we are, we are called to give God our greatest praise, to to celebrate Him. Even talking about celebration at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise Him. Embracing the realities of all that is happening in our life. You see, the only way to genuinely and deeply praise God is to praise Him not only in the best moments, but even in the difficult moments. That's what we, that's what we learn about in church. 
You know, every, every Sunday that you, or Saturday when you come here, uh, when you show up at Peru or you watch online, you know, everything's not going to be great in your life. But we always praise. We always sing praises to God. You see, Jesus Christ did not arrive here and have a big banquet where he could successfully tell us about dodging all the evil in the world. He wasn't trying to get away from everything that was unclean. He didn't try to just have a group of friends who would be absolutely true to him no matter what. He didn't do that at all. He went out of his way to look for troublemakers and those that were hurting and those that had needs, and he embraced them. He embraced other people's trouble, but he also embraced his own. He took up a cross. You know he didn't like it. He's not thanking God for it. He didn't sing some praise song in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was struggling with it, but he did it. He embraced it, and Christ entered into this pain and sacrifice, and he accomplished redemption. For redemption from God is not just rescuing us from evil. It's redeeming us from evil. It's transforming our heart even in the midst of a salty world. It's praise that is so exhilarating. It has nothing to do with slapping on a happy face and showing up at church. It's deep, old-fashioned praise from within your soul that reminds you of who God is, the Alpha, the Omega, and everything in between. That's us, Crossbridge, Peru, wherever you're watching from. That's us as Nazarenes. That's us as Christians, focused on Christ. Today is our day to praise. Not because the day is perfect, but our day to praise, where we praise him regardless of what happens or what is happening. I ask your band, uh, could we sing like one of your favorite praise songs? So I, I don't know what's happening in your life today. I don't know what'll be happening next week or someday when it's difficult for you. But now I would love for you to praise him even in uncertainty. Praise him when you can't quite figure it all out. Oh, we don't, we don't know who the lead pastor is gonna be yet. We're working on it, but we're praising him anyway, Amen. I don't know what's happening in your life today. Maybe it's one of those letters in between. But let's praise him. Because praise brings wholeness. Praise brings transfer transformation. This song says, you give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Oh, great are you, Lord. Notice it didn't say everything's fantastic. It says even in the brokenness, you are great, oh God. It's your breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise. 
We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. You know what this songwriter was saying? If you got breath, praise him. You're not holding your breath, are you? I can't quite tell. I think you're all breathing. So he's encouraging us. Kind of in the bridge. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.